I didn't realise that in publishing, in the big publishing houses, they the commissioning editors go to a meeting where the sales and marketing departments have the uh, Roman emperor in the Colosseum power of life or death over it. And what they said was like, we've Googled this guy and he's not famous at all. So uh, what we want is someone who is more like old mate barefoot investor who can just sell a book to their billion followers. Uh, this guy doesn't have any followers, so no deal. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's disappointing. Welcome to Reputation Revolution. This is the podcast where we help individuals like you to establish your voice in the marketplace, enhance the credibility of that voice, extend the reach of your story and your message, and finally, extract value from your efforts in building a meaningful personal brand that's both recognized and respected. Now, on with the show. Okay, welcome back to the Reputation Revolution. My name is Trevor Young, and this is the podcast for all things personal brand, influence, and all that pertains to that, which is quite a lot of stuff. My guest today is a man called Ian Whitworth, and he is what he calls himself a reformed branding and advertising creative director, and he's turned himself into an entrepreneur. He's the co-founder of a company called Scene Change. It's a national corporate audiovisual company that once used a toothless gypsy lady to help set its strategy. Uh, we'll dig more into that. Ian studied it as, as a vet and became a corporate AV technician. He was apparently exposed to something dastardly. It's uh, radio dose, radioactive mega doses of corporate motivator shtick, where he realised that these motivators are generally 99% showbiz and 1% business experience. We'll dig into that as well. More importantly, for the purposes of today's episode, um, Ian is a blogger and a published author with a major publisher, and he's got a new book out called Undisruptible, Timeless Business Truths, for thriving in the world of non-stop change. I'm holding that up. If you're listening to this on the podcast, I'm holding it up. All right, welcome to the show, Ian. What were you doing 10 years ago? Delight to be with you, Trevor. Remember it well. Our business was about three or four years old and we had just gotten on the BRW magazine fast-growing list. For those who remember BRW Magazine, that was pretty prestigious. And we're like, so pleased with ourselves. We're like, hell yes, we are fast-growing entrepreneurs, crushing it, etc. Rounds of drinks. This is exactly where we hope to be. A week later, get a phone call from the accountant who's like, ah, yeah, we've just had the tax department get in touch. And they've just realized that your business isn't just in one state, it's in four states. So you're effectively grouped for tax purposes. So you should have been paying... Uh, payroll tax and a bunch of other things about a year and a half ago. So you owe them a hundred grand. We're like, really? That killed our buzz. So uh, I always suggest try and stay off those lists uh, or do other things. Don't <laughs> stay off those lists. Don't buy a Lamborghini or anything else that will cause the ATO to go. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, stick your head up over the parapet, but but still good kudos for uh, you know it's pretty tough to get onto those business lists and BRW, uh, the late BRW, no longer published, uh, but that was a very important list uh, on the, in the business publishing world. Um, 
I want to dig into a number of things today, but tell us a little bit about the book first, Undisruptible, very hard word to say. I keep going to say calling it indescribable, but it kind of is indescribable. And I must say congratulations first because getting a book away is really, really hard, as you will will attest, no doubt. And, um, you know, it's a good size, but there's it's if anyone reads business books and and are quite jaded by business books you'll love this one because it is very funny i described it in a social post when i first got it and read it and i called it a rollicking good read so tell us a bit about it how did it come about and uh because i want to dig into uh how you got a deal with a major publisher being penguin and random house penguin isn't it penguin random house random house penguin uh, they've they've all merged a lot of these publishers, but a major publisher here in Australia. What's the what's the backstory? The backstory was I, as books so often start, uh, was a bar bet with a friend uh, about five years ago. It's like, Haha, I challenge you to write a book, my friend, in the way that mustachioed gadabouts used to challenge each other to a hot air balloon race around the world. So, <laughs> the winner the winner of this uh, book race will buy the other one beer. Uh, so. Uh, my friend then subcontracted his book to a ghostwriter who provided a first draft six months later, which he has not read yet. Uh, I went the I went the hard path and went, okay, Google how how long is a business book? Seventy thousand words. So I uh, knuckled down and wrote a business book at one thousand words per day and uh, got it done. It's like, ha, 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 time to get this thing published. Having zero idea of how publishing works and. Uh, so uh, I put it out to a number of some contacts with some of the major publishers. Uh, one of the big names, the, uh, the contributing editor went, oh, sorry, commissioning editor went, uh, oh, my God, I love this. It's like a business book, only I want to read it. That's never happened before. And I'm like, cool, hell yeah, <laughs> get ready to sign a contract. And uh, she kept sending emails going, yeah, I've passed on to all the other commissioning editors and they agree. I didn't realize that in publishing, in the big publishing houses, they – the commissioning editors go to a meeting where the sales and marketing departments have the uh, Roman emperor in the Colosseum power of life or death over it. And what they said was like, we've Googled this guy and he's not famous at all. So uh, what we want is someone who is more like old mate barefoot investor who can just sell a book to their billion followers. Uh, This guy doesn't have many followers, so no deal. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's disappointing. Uh, so uh, I then had to go, right, try to become famous. Uh, did a bunch of PR, which got lots of TV appearances and so on, but not really much in the way of blog followers because you can spend an awful lot of time doing interviews on AM radio to uh, cranky old presenters and their cranky old <laughs> audience, who uh, none of whom are ever going to start a damn business. Uh, so I just knuckled down and blogged for about uh, three three years putting out sort of mm. thousand, thousand word story every week, uh, kind of iron, iron discipline thing. And uh, as luck would have it, uh, as reverse luck would have it, COVID came along and killed all my businesses. Uh, my, our businesses are in, uh, are in events. We've got a uh, national business with about 65 full-time staff and several hundred casuals. And uh, suddenly our entire business was made illegal and we're all just sitting around just going, uh-oh, we're in uh, we're, we're in deep trouble here. So I, uh, I started blogging uh, along the subject of uh, how to stop your business from dying by next week. 
the numbers went up and uh lo and behold good old uh, penguin random house got in touch and said hey we've been enjoying your uh enjoying your live eye reports from the front lines of your burning businesses have you ever thought about writing it a book and i'm like <laughs> good question penguin random house uh and of course yeah as i i still don't being an ex-creative director i still don't know if i'm a business guy who can write or a writer who's worked out how to run businesses um <laughs> so for me penguin were the holy grail of this uh so it was a very tense two or three months while it went through the whole penguin uh process um and then uh yeah eventually they went uh yes do a book here's a contract so obviously the original book got revised a lot but uh yeah that was that was how it happened so uh yeah absolute lifelong dream and you'd like to think that your hope is that dealing with penguin random house would be a, a lovely experience dealing with pleasant people who love books and writing and care about quality but you go you know well they are after all a really big international company so you got to temper your expectations but they were actually even more lovely and cared more about books than than i'd even hoped for it was just a absolute delight from start to finish gotta say so uh yeah very happy with that experience and out it comes how long were you given to write it uh about six months yep which and, was, and which a was good chunk of it, a good chunk of it's all all written. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I rewrote obviously I rewrote a fair amount of it, um, and then probably yeah. half of it was new, just dealing with changing times and some chapters you look yeah. at and you just go, not good enough, write better. Um, and then and then yeah. editing's about uh, editing's about sort of three or four months, which is pretty full on, but again, super enjoyable. Yep. And so the book is. Um, Gosh, it just cuts a swathe across starting and running a business. Um, like it's it's so many business books are pretty blah. Let's face it, and um, you know some are very serious and they're good and they're very serious or they're very focused on a particular niche. Yours is not kind of focused in that regard. I mean, it's about business generally, and you do veer on and off the tracks all the time and bring it back. So each chapter, it feels like a blog post. Um, is How important was writing the blog to find your voice? Because, you know, I think that if you start blogging, it, it will make you more of a conversational writer. I know that's what it did with me. How did you, Do you find that it, the book itself is like a series of blog posts it is uh, my goal was to write books that write a book that people could read on a plane uh, i spent a lot of time on planes well i used to in uh, the far off uh, ancient times and i hope to again and uh so the idea was to come up with something where you could just uh you know, read a bit and not have to remember where you were up to last time you can literally open the book at any point and go no, okay. I like the name of that chapter. Let's uh, let's let's have a read of that. And particularly for people who got kids or whatever, like I got friends who I've given the book to, and they're like, "It was good. I was able to read one chapter per month because uh, that's the amount of free time my kids uh, allow me at that point." And uh, yeah, when you write when you write ads, you learn to get to the point in about three words because if you don't, you've lost them. So uh, I. I like to. I think it's good to bring that ad discipline to it. And in terms of the blogging, it's it's like exercise. The more you do it, the better you get at it. And there is no substitute yep. for yep. doing the work. My writing, yeah, three years of blog writing undoubtedly made me better at blogging. 
better at writing uh you just uh you just get better instinctively you do and and i guess there's a couple of ways of looking at it too writing and and the book's done very well i've seen that it's sort of up to number one in, in areas of i'm not sure which category but uh it's competing with some pretty heavy hitting books um, which is a great achievement, uh, considering that I think I read somewhere where you you know you wanted it in um, in airport uh, bookshops, and of course it's perfect for airport bookshops, but there's no one at the airport, so that's a, a major distribution point that's uh, probably not working for you at this point. But it is selling, and and I think maybe part of it is the fact that you can dip in and out pretty much anywhere through it. I think they're just there's as you said, you uh, what are they called? Uh, timeless business truths. And so I think what you've done is a, a sort of a different take on on running a business. But you know, the, to be fair, it's there's quite a lot of vulnerability vulnerability in it as well. I mean, you've you know you do tell stories and they're funny stories, but you know there's some some stuff that you you know you go through warts and all. You don't I don't feel that you hold back on anything. Put it that way. Well, I I got no time for those business books where it's like, oh, I'm so great. I mean, the, the subtext of most business books is be more like me. And like, I don't know about that. I, I have some suggestions. So I'm, I'm putting the book forward to, I guess, show that I mean, we have a successful business. Um, and I wanted to write the book to show that you can succeed without being a dick and without being a relentless, all about me, self promoter. Because you know, the effort is largely uh, is, is about my business partners and our staff. Uh, and I'm not going to claim credit for that. I'm just the one who likes writing about it uh, once a week. Um, but, but yeah, I don't think a lot of business books for me are very serious. And they don't convey just the sheer joy of business. I mean, I swear to God, it is just tremendous entertainment. Like my business partners and I just get on the phone most days and just laugh about stuff because it's just so enjoyable having, I guess, control over your own destiny. Um, and I wanted to get that, I guess, joy across. And and it's been nice that, you know, that there's been people I really respect like Zoe Foster-Blake and Cyan Taid for Envato and people who have massive runs on the board have uh, yeah, put up posts going, this business, this book gets what business is actually like. Uh, yeah, it's uh, this is kind of the the truth because uh, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of bullshit written about business. Yeah, and and doing it with humor. I want to discuss humor because you know there are funny people who write books that aren't funny <laughs> or business books. Was that just a natural thing, or did you have to try harder to? I mean, I feel that it, reading your blog that your writing style is naturally. Uh, funny anyway uh, you take the humorous side of things not not that you're out there trying to be funny but you do take that's your your thing is you do take the humorous side how did how did that play out with the uh, writing the book and trying to juggle um, you know this is still a serious book but it's quite funny to read yeah I I just think if you've got serious points then uh, humor just helps people want to read it. Yeah, I was a, I was a nerdy, unsporting child. So while everyone else was playing sports, I was 
uh, locked away reading Clive James and Peter Cook and people like that. They were they were sort of my heroes, and so uh, that stuff's kind of soaked in, I, I guess, at an instinctive level. And uh, it's not like I'm trying to write jokes. Like no, jokes suck, and I just hate being in a room where people are trying to trying to tell jokes. And then he said, "Now we all get some sleep." <laughs> but but if you can get a point over with a you know a, a way that describes. I don't know, tax liabilities in a way that makes it interesting, then that hopefully will get people to know more about tax liabilities and other things that can kill your business. You know, it, uh, tech, yeah. textbooks are dull. Also, I say in my time as an event technician, I spent a lot of time up the back of the room watching uh, both the motivators you mentioned in the intro and just general speakers. And... I've seen a billion bullet points presented and all kinds of rational facts and I've forgotten them all and so have all those audiences, whereas I can still remember entertaining stories that someone told several decades ago and just go, yeah, you know, you know Bryce Courtney said this story and it stayed with me forever and has been a genuine help to me in the business. You remember, but we've, we've been conditioned to listen to stories since we all sat around cave fires and that ain't going away, whatever the technology. Correct. Uh, we've got more venues or mediums through which to tell those stories. So let's let's look at that uh, storytelling. I mean, again, like every other word in it's been bastardized in, in you know the marketing language and storytelling uh, hasn't escaped that uh, you know you've got uh, everyone talking about storytelling and the hero's journey and blah 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 yeah. and a lot of those people who purport to, to be you know storytellers don't actually ever tell stories which is quite interesting uh, but your book is full of stories and they're just sort of small anecdote you know they, they're quite no, they're, they're all the stories are dotted throughout. I mean, this is a this is a a business book of stories, isn't it? Like it's it, it, they're they're dotted throughout, so, and that's again, it's it, it's something that's quite rare. Is that something that's just natural, or do you really have to think about putting stories in? Oh, uh, yeah, I like telling a story. I like I like being in a bar, <laughs> surrounded by people telling a story. Oh, I'm just getting all misty. I just thinking about it now. Um, but uh, yeah, I I just like stories. I mean, I couldn't I couldn't give you a technical analysis of how to put a story together. Uh, but yeah, they're 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 fun to tell. Um, yeah, and there's a stories are, stories are good. And just tell the story. Don't put fucking brand storyteller in your LinkedIn profile or whatever. Uh, it's like being cool. If you have to say the word cool, you're not cool. Uh, yeah, so it's or, or trust me. Anyone who says trust me, it's like, and I, now that you've said it, I don't know if I can trust you. So storyteller is in uh, one of, is is in that category. Yeah, just uh, just work on telling your stories, and people will be the judge of whether you are a storyteller or not. Yeah, it, it makes a difference, I think, and and so I guess that you package that up to so you you've you've found your voice, and you probably found that through blogging. But I mean, it's it's. It's nothing that wasn't already there. Um, the blogging, uh, I mean, you've blogged for how many years now? Quite a few now. Yeah, three, four, um, four years nearly. And and if you're doing it weekly, I mean, that, that turns into a, over after a few years. I mean, you've got quite a few stories under your belt then. Oh, um, Here's a tip if for you look uh, back at your early stories, if you look back at your early stories, 
uh, well, your early blog posts and you look at what you're doing now, have you, you know, how much do you think you've improved in your, in your writing? 42%. (laughs) I don't know. I, um, I, a thing I found, here's a tip if you're trying to write stuff and get better at stories. I, I do a audio version of the blog each week and I'll write the story and go, all right, that's a pretty sweet story. Let's do the recording and, and I'll record it and I'll trip over words and I'll just go, oh man, that's terrible. You need to go back and write that better. Uh, and so the act of recording it and saying your words out loud gives you a much better idea of whether it hangs together as a story. You can really wow. feel the size and shape of it. So, uh, so I recommend that. And, I, and I've learned, I've learned what works and what doesn't. Um, I have to, you have to balance it, I guess. The I, I've done a few. Uh, some of the biggest stories of me being really getting stuck into something in an amusing way and i'm quite good at uh i guess entertainingly shredding someone or something can i swear on this podcast i feel i already have um there was a story a story a thing that really uh gets my goat is uh obviously the whole job keeper rotting thing uh and i did uh i did a story called fuck you solomon lou uh the other week about greedy old pigs like him and jerry harvey taking taxpayer money that uh, should have gone to people who actually needed it. And and speaking as a business that genuinely did get smashed in COVID and if we hadn't got JobKeeper, uh, our businesses would have died, not so them. And so stories like that really get uh, do massive numbers. Everyone that does in those algorithms knows that anger gets more clicks than happiness. But I don't want to be cranky, take the piss writer every week. So if I write one like that, I then make sure that the next week I write something nice and positive. Uh, I think the next week it was about the awesomeness of Sikhs stepping up in the community and uh, just how to be uh, how to be a generally better human being uh, in in these difficult times. And so over time, you sort of develop a portfolio where you can go. I'm getting the number of clicks, but also I'm not just being mean all the time, no matter how amusing it is. So that's a that's a balance. I think it helps to strike. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, it's 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 one thing, and I wouldn't say you're controversial. I'd say you're provocative. I mean, some of those um, that was provocative, but it's got the veil of humour as well, um, and that's that's you know for people who. Uh, listening outside of Australia, uh, JobKeeper is the was the uh, the money the government gave to businesses outside of uh, um, during COVID, and uh, some of the the biggest uh, tycoons, retail tycoons in the country, uh, pocketed quite a, well not them, but their companies made quite a bit of money off the off the back of that. So that's what the basis of that story was, and and obviously it's you know society wise, it's it was a big talking point uh, at the time. So with a you know, there's there's a billion business blogs out there, and entrepreneurs writing stuff, and you know, you know the the type. You would have read half a dozen of them, or over the journey, a few of them. But how do you come up with your ideas? Because you know, you're not. It's not as if you. It doesn't feel to me anyway that you know you've you've uh, you know got a structured content strategy per se. Uh, it feels to me that you see a great idea and you write about it pretty much. 
Um, now, you know, you know, in our industry, they call these planners and these pantsers, and there's people who love planning and outlining something till it's, you know, it's pretty much all written versus the pantsers who fly by the seat of their pants. Yeah. I might be wrong, but I think you might be a pantser. But tell me I'm wrong. All right. <laughs> it's finding a topic is the hardest thing. Uh, and uh, I used to, when I was less confident in my ability to come up with a topic, I would try to write them two weeks in advance or whatever. Now, having done it for a while, I'll generally put the blog out. I'll write it on it Monday, put it out on the Tuesday, and then start thinking about what next week is going to be. Uh, waiting for something to happen that I can... It, it generally comes from an experience I've had either in the business or, or in the media. And uh, I'll go, is this is this a thousand words worth of uh, material? And uh, yeah, then I'll sort of maybe sketch it out, I'll make some notes on the Sunday and then just write the bugger on Monday and, uh, and out it goes. So I'm, I'm reasonably... <laughs> I'm reasonably comfortable that I can do it, but that's taken a while to feel that confidence. I wouldn't. I, I, the important thing is to get it out every week, regardless. Uh, yeah. Yes, everyone, as you know, everyone starts a blog. No one keeps it going, so it's it's. Uh, I guess one of my uh, core uh, identities and values of myself that uh, I'm gonna get the damn work done. You know, uh, for uh, yeah. anyone uh, kind of our age with an interest in music, I would call it the Henry Rollins work ethic of just quit your whining, get the work done, and don't let people down because your audience is more important than your own puny needs. And uh, I think that's important. <laughs> there's uh, there's there's joy in uh, joy in discipline. Um, yeah, sometimes I'll I've no idea whether there'll be another book. I do find myself going, uh, maybe I should save that for a future book because uh, you can burn a lot of material doing a blog every week. So the the blog at the moment, I try to work off something that's happening at the moment, which would make no sense to appear in a future book. Yeah. And, and so, you know, keeping your eyes out and obviously issues out there, you've just named a couple of them that they were a story that appeared and then you had a view on it. And that's that sort of see the story, put it out there, put my spin on it sort of thing. Yeah. And then you've got stuff that is, you know, like is in the book, it's timeless. It's kind of, um, you know, it, it, it's stuff that's probably going to be relevant for years down the track. Um, is that another thing that you try and balance out? So you've got a bit of material that uh, is a, has a little bit more legs? Yeah, I mean, there are some overarching themes, I guess, in what I'm writing about because, uh, and a lot of that is colored, covered, covered by uh, when I was an employee, we worked for an incredible company which grew to massive size, floated, and then it was bought by private equity uh, finance uh, wizards who came in and effectively killed its soul. Uh, with a whole bunch of MBA thinking. And so when we set our business up to compete with them, our number one, our number one rule was whatever the MBAs would do, we do the opposite. Keep it simple, less management, less finance. And, and ironically, that's allowed us to build a business which is much more financially profitable than other businesses in our field uh, purely by getting rid of a lot of uh, just meetings, time-wasting, multi-layered management and all that sort of stuff. So that's that's a consistent theme through the book, uh, which we've tested with our own money and found it to work. 
Um, you know, a lot of people, if you're, uh, if you're starting out in a career, you have this belief that your boss is some kind of high priest expert who knows everything. This is kind of just drawing the curtain away a bit, sort of Wizard of Oz style and going, guess what? There's just a tiny little old man behind that curtain. Maybe it doesn't have to be done that way. So, uh, that's, there's a lot of material in that. There's a lot of stories of stupid management, wasting money, uh, and, you know, case studies of what we've done to show you can just do it a simpler more personal way and still have a really good business it's not a, it's not a bad technique too to have uh in air quotes an enemy um that you can do the opposite about and use uh you know lessons learned from you know what you see around the world is what what other businesses are doing and and uh particularly those that are stuffing it up from a management and leadership perspective and then doing the opposite it's it's a good it's a good mechanic isn't it to tell us uh, to tell a story it's great the original copy of the book which i i to be honest really loved and as did the commissioning editors back in the other publisher was uh kill all mbas and uh <laughs> and I said, yeah okay with the title they went we love it um but uh we uh, that was the original title of the blog but uh uh given the changing times we uh we ended up not going with that uh but uh yeah it is it is good to have a it's good to have a straw man enemy to uh to write about <laughs> you feel energized right about just like yeah <laughs> and and another thing <laughs> <laughs> um, and now with the with the title uh, "undestructible," um, that's a made up word, um, but it's now the name of your blog, and it means that you own the territory, and then you you uh, basically write around what being undestructible, undestructible. Uh, means, even though it's a hard word to say, is that something you like changing the name of your blog and going down that path? Was that, uh, was you know, and, and, and launching straight into you know, t embracing the name? Um, have you found that? And you know, because you're going to be with this name for quite a while until another book comes out. I am, it's a, uh, a testament to the value of outside advice. And and there's a theme in the book uh, about how, as an ex-creative director, uh, I think the most important skill that I was able to bring to that, to clients from that, was the ability to come in and look at their product and with the cold detachment of someone who doesn't love it. Because all clients love their product, they love their industry, and as a result, they're quite insular and if everyone in the industry is doing the same thing, they revert to the mean. So sometimes you need to get someone external to just come and look at it and just go, eh, you know what, you should do something different. So that's that's what Penguin did. I mean, the book, one of the big themes of the book was by teaching people how to quit their job that sucks and set up their own business, it makes them much less less or much safer in a world where jobs are being casualized where you know, robots are taking over a whole bunch of uh, careers permanently and uh, taking that approach literally saved us. You know, when our businesses got shut through COVID, if we hadn't been using these philosophies, uh, we wouldn't have had as strong a balance sheet. We wouldn't have been able to control our own destiny and we wouldn't have been able to survive COVID, which is coming up for nearly 18 months of shutdown with all our staff intact. So... I actually wrote the word undisruptible in a draft chapter list for Penguin late one night as part of the pitch process. 
And uh, they came back to it and said, uh, that word, undisruptible, uh, we think that's a good book title. And I'm like, I don't even remember writing that. <laughs> it was late at night and I did this whole chapter list in like 20 minutes. Uh, and uh, it's like, oh, hello, hello, old word. I don't remember you, but hey. And uh, yeah, so they, uh, they liked it and uh, yeah, people are like, great title. And I'm like, <laughs> good, I'm glad you think that way. But I can't pretend it was a grand strategy. It was a, a random accident that was uh, found by uh, Penguin. Well, a little bit of luck goes a long way. Um, I, I said at the outset about how your business was, uh, you know, got your strategy from a toothless gypsy lady. <laughs> um, what's the story behind that? Because um, you, you, I think the, you, it was actually a blog post about um, – uh, what was it, McKinsey? Do you want to go to McKinsey for advice or a toothless gypsy lady? McKinsey. What's the, what's the background on that? Because it's uh, it, it just tickled my fancy, basically. <laughs> it goes it goes to the core of uh, what my how my business partner and I operate in that we we do know what we're doing, uh, but also it's kind of enjoyable just to be able to get kind of a bit loose just because it's entertaining. So our business had grown. It was a uh, yeah. Uh, getting to the point where we spoke of earlier of uh, you know it was in it was in four states and uh, at that stage I think and going uh, going quite well and uh, we thought well you know this is the point where we should really consider our practices you know we should consider our strategy going forward and yeah are we the correct use of capital and assets and uh, staffing and uh, so on so uh, so we budgeted uh, fifty. That's uh, that's not fifty grand. That's the uh, banknote with a you know, a pineapple, <laughs> and uh, and uh, we thought, well, we uh, we could we should we go to PwC or McKinsey and get some best practice advice? And uh, like, well, no, those, they're very expensive, and we've been in rooms with those people. I've been in rooms with them on branding projects, and they're big on PowerPoint, but they're not great on actually delivering stuff that's useful. So instead. We sent my business partner with his fifty bucks to a uh, a tarot card reader, and uh, and she and he's very poker face guy. Like yeah, he's been in a lot of meetings. You can't sort of uh, he's he's hard to read. And she went through it and she said, "Okay, you have four businesses. You uh, they're doing well, except bit of issues with uh, with one of them uh, in a remote geographical location." Um, you will close one of them and you will open another closer to home and just went through a whole bunch of other stuff and I swear to God, like a consulting company could not have been more accurate if we <laughs> give them the information. It was absolutely mental how, uh, how on the money the toothless gypsy lady was in her, uh, in her, in her tarot tent and uh, it was it, it was super entertaining because we did end up closing one of the offices. Uh, we'd opened it and it was um, the business was going okay, but it was always it was in a regional place and it was always going to be a small family business with no return to external equity holders. So we did pull out of that one, and we were so tempted to say, "Look, we're pulling out because toothless gypsy lady told us to." Uh, we didn't say that. It would have been uh, it would have been funny, but what we had do do is when we're having a chat at conferences or whatever with competitors we tell them the gypsy story and they're like what the fuck like you did that we're like yeah we did we can we found it entertaining and they're like 
these people could do literally anything. So it just makes us harder to read in the competitive situation because when they're thinking these people will take advice from a gypsy lady, then uh, then then they could do any mad thing. So it just it creates myths and uh, myths and legends. So. Uh, so yeah, we sent him along another probably for the next five years, and all in all, they were they were pretty accurate. We didn't do any major strategic decisions based entirely on that, but they were surprisingly good uh, backup for what our thoughts were. Uh, that's a don't that's a don't story. Don't try this at home, kids. And sometimes, sorry, sometimes. Uh, this is the beauty of the blog when terrible things happen and we have had just some horrendous stuff happen and uh, you know, the business has been shut down for COVID and not the tax thing I spoke of earlier and you just go, oh man, that is a disaster. What are we going to do? And we talk through what we're going to do and then at the end I go, well, that may have cost us a six-figure amount of money but on the upside, that's one week's blog content. Cheers for that. <laughs> Uh, it's a ripper yarn it's a ripper yarn and um, so thanks very much for your time Ian and um, I just want to sort of encapsulate a few things a few sort of I guess lessons out of all of this Um, because number one is you know you've gone from unknown to being an author with with Penguin or Penguin Random House but number two is that you know, you didn't get it straight away and and rarely anyone will get a book deal. If you want a book deal, um, you know, if you want to, you know, do your own, you can, you know, you don't have to be a big name. But, um, you know, they're not going to give a book deal in a business book sense or a nonfiction to someone who probably hasn't got a, what they'd call a platform. They probably use that word on you. Um, and, 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 you know, hasn't got an audience already built in, whether that's social media or blogging or whatever. So, you know, if you do want to, um, get a um, a business book away, then you really do need to build that platform well in advance. Second one is blogging can help you fine-tune your voice. So when you do do a book, then um, you're going to be a much, much better writer. And, and you know, as you heard, Ian had been blogging for three years and really found the voice. And, and I think the other thing that I, I really like is that you've found your voice, but you're willing to put yourself out there and look at the scars and the things that haven't gone wrong as much as the things that have gone right. And, you know, we see too many people in business that only focus on the great stuff uh, when what we like is the, yeah, that's fine, but how did you get there? What's the journey like? Because we know the journey is zigzag. It's not all one way. And so, you know, resonating with your audience through telling stories and and learning lessons from it and then adding a layer of humour on top. That's that's the go-to. I mean, not everyone can do that, of course, um, and, and you're a natural <laughs> storyteller, but stories, humour, you know, telling uh, telling the, the behind the scenes there, and then writing every week, in your case, a 1,000 words a week, that's what you've got to do. They're the things that are going to get you noticed. Have I missed anything out? <laughs> no, there's no shortcuts. I think that uh, I think that uh, admitting uh, bad things that have happened to you and your weakness. I think COVID's really changed the game there. I think yeah. that people that yeah, showing your vulnerability and showing that you're less than perfect and here's lots of mistakes I've made uh, used to be a bit weird, but I think people really relate to it now. I think that's important. Yeah, Embrace and. The pain. and- but for all the, the, you know, the fun and the, you know, the, 
the lessons learned and the issues you've had over the time. You've still got a business that's employing 65 people in an industry that's been belted by COVID and you did, you know, you did pivot and you're doing a lot more online stuff as well now. So, um, you know, you've managed to get through it. So clearly you know what you're doing. That's the starting point. Um, so, you know, a lot, a lot of people out there who are listeners who have got the chops and, and you know, done the hard yards and they've got the stories and I think all I want to implore on them is just get them out more and, and blogging is a really great way to do it, to put a book out with all that sort of stuff is is probably, uh, you know, you, you might, uh, oh, do I want to do this because it's a permanent artefact out there in the marketplace. But uh, I think blogging is a fantastic stepping stone to get to that. So um, I recommend you uh, listeners, <laughs> our viewers, if you're watching this on YouTube, that you uh, subscribe to Ian's blog. Uh, I think it, you'll find... Uh, it, you'll enjoy it, but you'll also get lessons and some great ideas from it as well. But but um, you will actually enjoy the writing and just go and have a look at some of the headlines. Um, and I think my favourite is a, a bikey is in your in your supply chain. Um, that was one of my favourites. In fact, that's where I first read about you. Ian. That that one popped out of Twitter. So is, uh, you know, and thinking headlines, and you know, they're, they're the things that uh, attract people to your to your work. Uh, and what's the best? Uh, the book again is undisruptible, timeless business truths for thriving in a world of nonstop change. And and uh, where's the best? way that people can find you and connect with you uh if you are in a uh yeah obviously the book is in as they say all good bookstores uh and bad <laughs> ones and in between uh otherwise i blog every week at ianwhitworth.net just search my name whitworth w-h-i-t-w-o-r-t-h and uh yeah it's on written and audio versions so uh yeah smash into it fantastic oh did you do the audio yes yes oh, as for, the, for the audio book yeah. Oh, yeah. My God, just having someone else read my own book out would be my worst nightmare. Uh, would, yeah. yeah. And I, uh, I did, uh, I did read that. So, um, yeah, that's uh, that was that was all good, clean fun. Uh, just, uh, just a final point uh, for your, uh, you recommending blogging uh, as a way to get you places. I also recommend it. Just even if it gets you nowhere, writing is thinking. The act of actually getting stuff down in a structured form even if nobody reads it it's valuable to clarify what you are what you stand for and what you do so i i really recommend it no matter what it leads to yeah really good point i agree 100 percent, 110 percent even okay thanks very much ian <laughs> i like talking to you trevor the reputation economy is here. The world today needs more genuine, credible experts and leaders to stand up and share their experience, their wisdom, their stories and ideas. Are you in? 